Hi, you guys. Welcome back to Basket Full of Bread. My name is Bethany. I'm grateful you're here. We are picking up in our Tarua series. This is going to be part three. So grab your Bibles. We're in Joshua 4, and we're going to be talking about kind of like a big deal. This is kind of like the unpacking of getting everybody all hyped up before it's time to see those walls in Jericho come down. And um, the reason I really wanted to take the time to get the biblical context here is so that we could really try to grasp and comprehend just the magnitude of what God was doing in this this chosen people, in this chosen nation, um, and what He wants to do in us. You know, sometimes He's got to lead us in and hype us up before it's time to walk into something big and scary, right? And so... God had just so much purpose here. And um, if you go back to parts one and two, um, you're going to see that. I think it was one and two, right? This is part three. I think it's part three. You're going to see how God just kind of slowly is leading them in and he's getting them really engaged and ready to just see signs and wonders and just the faithfulness of our Heavenly Father. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And so I stood up and I was just like, do not grow weary in doing good season. You will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Welcome to season four of Basket Full of Bread. It is my joy and purpose to hold your weary arms up by the power of the Holy Spirit as we wrestle against spiritual wickedness in the high places. Together, we are going to stand firm in the secret place where our King Creator will encourage and spur us on with His resurrecting power and mighty word. This season on Basket Full of Bread, it is my battle cry to intercede on behalf of the local gospel workers, the overcomers, the remnant, the bride of Christ. The harvest is plentiful. Let's work. My name is Bethany. And I'm grateful you're here. Okay, so we are in Joshua 4. And hopefully you don't hear that toy in the background. It keeps making noise. Okay, um, Joshua 4. After the entire nation had finished crossing over, remember they just crossed over on dry ground. Just crossed over the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua and he said... Choose 12 men from the people, one man from each tribe, and command them, take two stones from the place in the middle of the Jordan where the priests are standing, carry them with you, and set them down at the place where you spend the night. Okay, so they've crossed over. Now it's time to appoint 12 men. Um, two people or one man from each tribe and then they have to pick up two stones and carry them to where they're going to stay the night okay so this is an important thing about the 12 stones um 
In my study Bible, it says the 12 stones represent the point of the crossing of the whole nation of Israel, all 12 tribes. This would enable future generations to understand and participate spiritually in the crossing that Joshua and the 12 tribes experienced. So, you know, even though... Israel is one nation. There are 12 tribes. And so every single tribe, I'm sorry, you guys, every single tribe is to be represented here. Praise the Lord. And so each of them are going to select two stones as memorials for what the Lord had done. Okay. And so it says, it's going to explain it here. So Joshua summoned the 12 men he had selected from the Israelites one man for each tribe. And he said to them, go across to the ark of the Lord, your God in the middle of the Jordan. Each of you lift a stone onto his shoulder, one for each of the Israelite tribes so that this will be a sign among you. Okay. Sorry guys, not two stones, one stone, one stone, 12 members, one person from each tribe in the future. And then your children ask when your children ask you, what do these stones mean to you? You should tell them, The water of the Jordan was cut off in front of the Ark of the Lord's Covenant when when it crossed the Jordan. The Jordan's water was cut off. Therefore, these stones will always be a memorial for the Israelites. So there's the script right there for them to pass on via oral tradition from the stones that are gathered in their area, wherever they're put wherever you, they camped for the night, and I'm sure they took the stones with them. I, you know, It was part of like their heritage to protect and to, to remind the generation before, the children, what God had done. So the Israelites did just as Joshua had commanded them. The 12 men took stones from the middle of the Jordan, one for each of the Israelite tribes, just as the Lord had told them, just as the Lord told Joshua. They carried them to the camp and they set them down there. Joshua also set up 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing. These stones still stand there today. So the way this is written out, it's clear obedience here, which is so good because in the past, the difficulty for the Israelites was obedience. And so here they are like little children who have finally learned to obey, doing exactly as God said. And then Joshua also took 12 stones and put them out. So it's like, this is the place where we came over and they can pass on the truth of what God had done. And that's why, you guys, it's so important. And, and my kids are really at an age, too, where this is just like hitting really well. When we share God's faithfulness in our lives with our children and with anybody, honestly, truly, when we kind of bring up that memorial stone and we say, this is what God did, we need to remember these things. We need to write them down. We need to have various little reminders throughout our house or our days or in our prayer journals or somewhere where there's a record of of what God has done because that is all throughout scripture just an emphasis on his great faithfulness and I know I've heard from some of you guys actually telling me about different ways you're doing that you're practicing just like gratitude but also remembering what God has done his faithfulness keeping a record of it because it will find its way into the hands or the hearts or the minds of somebody. Um, and that gives God glory. And it's all about giving him glory. And it's all about 
us learning and believing and they're passing on that faith and that belief to the next generation that God is who he says he is and he's going to do more than we could ask for or imagine. Joshua 4.10, the priest carrying the ark continued standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything was completed that the Lord had commanded Joshua to tell the people. In keeping with all of that, Moses had commanded Joshua. The people hurried across. They hurried across. And after everyone had finished crossing, the priest with the ark of the Lord crossed in the sight of the people. So they stayed and they were the last. They were the first and then they were the last. The Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half of the tribe of Manasseh went in battle formation in front of the Israelites as Moses had instructed them. After 40, after 40,000 equipped for war, whoa, 40,000, great nation. That's what they were doing all that time in the desert was multiplying. 40,000 equipped for, um, for war crossed to the plains of Jericho in the Lord's presence. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they revered him throughout his life as they had revered Moses. The Lord told Joshua, command the priests who carry the ark of the testimony to come up from the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priests coming up from the Jordan. When the priests carrying the ark of the Lord's covenant came up from the middle of the Jordan and their feet stepped on the solid ground, the water of the Jordan resumed its course, flowing over all the banks as before. Wow, could you imagine? The people came up from the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. Here's that record. Encamped at Gilgal on the eastern limits of Jericho. Then Joshua set up in Gilgal the 12 stones that they had taken from the Jordan. And he said to the Israelites, in the future, okay, this is important. When your children ask their fathers, what is the meaning of these stones? You should tell your children, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the water of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, just as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. This is so that all the people of the earth, wow, may know that the Lord's hand is strong. And so, wow, here we go, that you may always fear the Lord your God. Yes, thank you, Lord. This is what I'm talking about. Okay, right here. Ding, 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 ding. Why, why do we have to do hard things? (laughs) Why do we have to do things that are scary? Why do we have to overcome um, adversity? Or, or what? as simple as why do we have to endure suffering? Okay. God, God has promised in his word that he will redeem and make things good, right? Why does he do this? This is one of the most important things, you guys. This is so that all people of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is strong. When God is working mightily in our life, 
because we are being crushed or we are experiencing something terrifying. You know, I'm sure it was scary. They're like, okay, at any minute we're walking through this this dry ground, but these water walls are right around us. What if they crashed down on us and crushed us? I mean, can you just imagine that for a second? That would be scary. And it's not like they were just doing a quick hop over a, you know, ravine. This was a, this was a body of water. This is the Jordan river flooded during springtime during that time when it was very voluptuous. So this is a pretty large expanse of water that they're having to walk through, having faith to believe that God wouldn't allow the water to crush them. I mean, can we just sit in that for a minute? Like I look at my life and I'm like, I've walked through some of that. (laughs) I've been through some of that. You know, I've walked through, I've walked through some waters on dry ground and I've been terrified that the water will come and crush me, but it didn't. Let me testify. And because of that, I have been, I have had the strength by the power of the Holy Spirit to share with anybody and everybody I know that the Lord is strong, that he gets the glory. And therefore my faith and my fear in the Lord is increased. And I pray it is in yours too, because of my story and the things that I share. And that's what God wants to do in us. He wants us to cross over a treacherous body of water, okay, on dry ground and be amazed and filled with faith and wonder and cast out fear with his perfect love, right? (laughs) Power, love, sound mind. So that we're going to tell people about it. One thing the enemy hates is when we testify. But God's word at the very end of this book in Revelation talks about how, oh, let me find it, how the enemy hates those who testify. I know I've read it on in here before, you guys. Let me find it. When we testify about God's great faithfulness to the people that are walking and doing life with us, the people that are around us, with whoever it is, he gets so much glory. Even, here it is, here it is. Hold on, sugar pie. Okay, yes, take them party. Um, here it is. It's in Revelation 12, 17. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. That's us, the remnant, okay? We're grafted in. Which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Okay, the enemy doesn't like us and he is going to make war with us. Okay, when we are keeping and testifying, stay with me, you guys. But that doesn't matter because we know how this book ends, you guys. We know that God is faithful and we know that we are protected under the shadow of his wings. And even though the enemy would love for the waters to come crashing on us and and drown us, God's word promises that that's not going to happen. When we abide in the shadow of his wings, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high will abide in the shadow of his wings. I'll say to the Lord, he is my refuge and fortress, my God in whom I will trust. Surely he will deliver me. 
from the snares of my enemy. That's Psalm 91. Anyways, okay. Sometimes I can't remember a scripture verse unless I sing it. That's my pep talk, you guys. Listen, for real. If you want to make the enemy mad and and try to like run you over with his metaphorical car, (laughs) make war with you, go ahead and start testifying. Because guess what? When he gets upset at us and he's starting to shoot his fiery darts at us, one, he can't touch us. We are protected. We, ha- we are sealed by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And it is our, our job and our purpose as servants of the Lord Most High to give him glory. And so that's what we want to do. We want to testify all the days of our life the wonders and the miracles of who God is. We don't want to hide our hide it under a bush. Oh no, I'm going to let it shine. So that's my prayer for us. Father, let us shine our little lights today. Okay? We 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 want to be bold and we we know that it's important from your heart that the generations that come after us hear about what you've done. We know the enemy doesn't want us to speak these things out. He wants us to be quiet or timid or forget or get distracted or forget or or forget. Lord, we don't want to forget. Help us to remember. Call to mind the things, the wonders that you've done in our hearts, in our minds, in our bodies. Give us a story to tell and help us to speak it out boldly to our children. Help us to write it down. Help us to declare it to our neighbors. Help us to declare it in our churches. Help us to declare it at our small groups. Help us to declare it around the dinner table. We want to testify and we want to remember to take up a stone and to mark the times where you have done great wonders for us and through us and in us. Thank you for sending Jesus so that we could follow so close to you. We don't have to be 500 cubits away from you. We can be right nestled right in the shadow of your wings where we are safe. God, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.